Ethos. My crystal ball is, I say, start paying closer and closer attention, not just to the content, but ultimately how the content is presented, because that's where the action is. Welcome to the Creative Coach Cast. I'm Paul Goldsmith, an entrepreneur and creative coach on the show committed to helping you transform your creative ideas into a reality. Greg Dellinger oversees global outreach as well as state and local government affairs for the AAR Aviation Corporation. And in his free time, he volunteers as a fundraising auctioneer, having generated over $150 million for charity, ladies and gentlemen. Greg (laughs) Dellinger, welcome to the Creative Coach Cast. Thank you so much, Paul. I am so excited and delighted to be here with you to reconnect. So I knew you as this bigger, larger than life radio personality, you then pivoted (laughs) to Radio Disney, where you were a personality there. We worked for a brief time there together, and then you left radio altogether, but you didn't leave show business. I see you posting on LinkedIn and all over the place, doing live videos and very similar to what I'd hear you do on the radio. And so I'm just curious, you've got this job that doesn't sound very creative, no offense, but your state and local government affairs, you're attacking it just like you did your radio work. And I'm inspired by that. So how has that shift been to go from being on the radio and a radio personality to kind of working in a corporate job for a big corporation? Well, it's been fantastic. The one great thing that I have found, Paul, is that communication skills and especially media skills, strong media, whether you're working a podcast like this, you have a background in traditional radio or traditional media, those skills, that desire to take content and to present it to an audience that is highly transferable to a wide range of different opportunities, whether it be jobs or roles, that type of thing. So for me to shift from the Disney company, where I had the opportunity to do some amazing things, to really live my dreams. You know, I was at the Disney company for 10 years. And the biggest thing, the takeaway from that was one of my managers there, she would say, I want everybody who's quality in the media landscape to consider working at the Disney company. Then we had this pipeline of talent of of folks who really were switched on and clicked on. Also, the president of ABC Radio at the time, he taught me something that has really driven us through the pandemic and here at the company It's the ICE formula, meaning the I-C-E-E is the acronym, and it's around content. It's making sure that content is informative, that it's compelling, that it's educational, meaning that it's got to be deep enough, Paul, in my opinion, that it's like an aha moment, like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yet, ultimately, can you make it entertaining? If there's that little entertaining ability or twist to make it fun, people will grab onto it and hopefully share it. And perhaps you can shift their thinking or their thought or perhaps even just their day. The neat thing about AAR is I started off here as a recruiter was my grandfather was an aircraft mechanic. And so I had an understanding of aviation a deep understanding of aviation safety. And I was able to sort of pivot that in my passion and love for aviation, and then to take the media background, pivot into this. So it was actually fairly easy. And a lot of it, though, had to do with AAR, 
allowing me to be me. I really think that as an employer or just any person, it's very difficult, nearly impossible to change somebody's personality. And ultimately, I don't think you should. That's just my personal opinion. So if you take a workforce or take a group and allow them to be them, you're going to go big places. You know, most people that go to work for the Disney company and a cast member, they're a friend of Mickey or Goofy. They don't get to take those with them to the next (laughs) company, but you were uniquely the G-man. And so you took the G-man to your corporate gig at AAR. You're the same personality you were then. I can't imagine anybody else doing this job. I mean, was that shell shock for for your supervisors and people in the company is like, you know, you're this HR guy doing, you know, remote bits and just such a uniquely entertaining guy. Was that something took some getting used to for your superiors? To a degree, yes. The great thing, though, one of the first opportunities that I had here at the company, and I've always had a very a, a passion for individuals in their, in their careers. And anybody who knows me, and that's probably why I spent 10 years at the Disney company, is I have a real passion for young people. And so one of the first opportunities I had here at AR was to work the internship program. I always had the students deliver a final presentation in front of senior leadership. Many times young people want to go right to the tippy top. So if you're at Amazon, you want to be like Mr. Bezos. And that's (laughs) great. That's great. And I will help you get there and affirm that. Yet let's take a deeper dive to really what it's going to take to get on the skinny branches to make something like that, an ascent like that, whether you're an entrepreneur or what, to really understand the challenge that you're going after um, because it can be done. So in one of the final presentations by one of the students, they had obviously Googled me and had this whole, like, where did the G-man come from? (laughs) My like eight by tens that we Uh used to pass out at remotes. And I had this like silver jacket on. And I mean, it was just uh, like, you know, and they're like the G-man. So it's sort of just stuck from there. And again, it really goes into AAR has allowed me to do my job, make a few dollars, yet also affirm my personality and affirm all of what we call our best team in aviation, their personalities as well. Every idea could be potentially a good idea. I was just with senior management last Thursday, and one of our senior leaders said, we're open to all ideas. They're all good ideas on how we can potentially grow a workforce at a particular location. How do you encourage folks to find mentors, to to find guides, or maybe they're stuck in a job? That's kind of the point of this Creative Coach Cast is to really offer encouragement to people that feel stuck and they feel like they've got a creative dream, but don't know where to start or don't feel like they can necessarily do it where they're at now. What kind of encouragement do you offer people that aren't able to, to quit everything and you know don't know where to find a mentor? How do you encourage them? In a couple of different ways. First off, I'm a very spiritual person. And when a person is created, there's already a plan in place. We as human beings, we have these amazing dreams, things that we would like to do or accomplish. Yet many times too, I just simply can't start over financially to go after this dream. So my encouragement to those individuals would be read and take in as much content as you can so you can come up with a plan. You know, ultimately, I recruit very heavily aircraft mechanics and pilots. That's sort of an area that I put a lot of focus on. And so I many times say to especially younger people or people who are looking for that next page uh, of their lives is 
find somebody who's done it. Yeah. Find somebody who's either doing it or has done it. And the internet is fantastic for that. Reach out to that individual in one way, shape, or form, and don't give up so easy just because they don't, he or she doesn't return an email. That's okay. And so find somebody who's done it, follow a similar path, network with those individuals, don't give up, and then course correct along the way. And then ultimately find a way to monetize that. You talk about Jeff Bezos at Amazon. You know, he was in college and wanted to start a business selling stuff online. The internet was new, catching on in popularity. And what can I sell? And he was indifferent. And he looked around, got data. What has a lot of SKUs? What has a lot of variety? Oh, books. So he started with books and, yes. you know, it, it worked out. And now he sells everything. That's exactly it. It's about course correcting and finding out, going where the data is. He wasn't passionate about selling books. It was the thing that was a vehicle to selling to people. That's really good counsel there, G-Man. And not giving up, being relentless in pursuing your creative dreams. That's what I'm all about encouraging. I mentioned that you are an auctioneer, raise $150 million for charity. Give us a good example of that. So you can script some big celebrities and other folks to help you out in that pursuit and raising money for great causes. Give us an example of that where you didn't just give up after you know the first unanswered email or text. Sure. Next Monday, I'm going to help out with the American Cancer Society. They do a golf outing. And so my relationship started with the American Cancer Society probably 15 years ago. And this is how it happened. I had just finished a remote at a elementary school in Gary, Indiana, GI. Okay. I just finished. I'm driving home from that remote on a Friday. The phone rings and it's a woman from the American Cancer Society. She's like, I got your name from Diane Burns, who was a personality and an anchor at ABC7. She was the MC of this big event, which was going to become what, what is known as the Discovery Ball, which is now done across the United States of America. Th- this is what the person said to me. We have Diane Burns coming, yet um, because of her platform being in the news, she's a little uncomfortable about you know actually presenting the concept and asking ultimately people for money. And I said, well, you know, that's my specialty. That's my specialty. (laughs) And I will not stand down for a cause that I believe in. And the American Cancer Society is one. Fast forward, still involved in in one way, shape or form. I'll be at their golf outing. And I asked one of the leaders, I said, well, how much money do you want to make at this golf outing? She's like a million dollars. I'm like a million (laughs) dollars at a golf outing. That's pretty tall. Yeah. But again, I will sell the earth and anything on it for an amazing cause. And it's the little things that turn into big, big things. And through the American Cancer Society and other platforms, I've performed with a wide range of you know, performers. And that's something too is whether you like this celebrity or that celebrity, that person, that personality has an audience that is already like can be delivered. And that's going back to how we started at the Loop Radio Station and why I wanted to work for Jonathan Brandmeier and a Marconi personality was because of the audience he had. He knew how to do it. I wanted to learn how to do it. One way, shape or form, he showed me just by me sort of hanging around and never giving up uh, on myself. That's incredible. Have you been on his show? I know he's doing an online radio show now. (laughs) I have not, but I have listened to it. 
and he's as sharp as ever. And again, he uses that icy formula. The one thing, though, that he really does, and I encourage all podcasters, and you've done it because you've done your research, is it's great to have the serendipity and spontaneity. But what I noticed by top broadcasters is for every five minutes of content that they create and present to the listeners, they're probably spending 15 to 20 minutes preparing for that. So it's everything from sound bites to the music that goes underneath. And the other thing too is many times, you know, folks will just find content and start reading about it. And the next thing you know, because of the spontaneity of, of his style, that person, if they were talking about it, you know, let's say they're going to talk about Oprah. The next thing you know, Oprah's live, not taped, not a soundbite, but live. So he knows what the audience wants. He knows how to make it fun and exciting, but in the now. And G-Man, you mentioned the little things become the big things. Absolutely. And, and all of the power of your contacts. You, you always respond to messages on LinkedIn. You give out your cell phone number. I do. Uh, you've done this, but I also know you to be a family man and you can also turn it off on the weekends and spend quality time with your family. How do you balance that? Ultimately, in my opinion, it takes energy. So I encourage people, maybe if you have this passion, try to find a way to get up maybe 30 minutes before everybody else. And then maybe instead of taking a lunch, you know, kind of think about how you want to present content. I'm an early morning person. So you'll see a lot of, you know, my content go first thing in the morning. And then I can sort of course correct along the way. I can add hashtags. I can drive things. I'll see what's trending. So get up a little bit earlier. It doesn't cost as much as people think and kind of go that way. So ultimately, you know, what do I need more of? I don't need any more time. I have what you have 24 hours a day, what any human being has. I need more energy. But the balance for me comes from getting up a little bit earlier than others. And if you do that, I think you can find a way to go after those dreams. And ultimately, you know, you gave it your all. Yeah, for sure. And you've been the real deal for me, certainly a mentor. And you you know, so you've walked the walk. And so everybody needs to find their G-man for sure. And, and, do, that, and do that for others. I think that's now that I'm 40 years old this year, I'm asking myself, who am I investing in as well? G-man, this has been an icy conversation. So thank Ooh, you. you uh, last question. You're a media guy. You're pretty insightful when it comes to all things media. TikTok is, is really big right now. Where are yeah. we headed? Like what, what's next? Look into your crystal ball there. Where's all this social media, media landscape going? How I see it too is right now is it'll be a nice balance between traditional media and challenging, you know, traditional media to take it up a notch. And what I think they're going to do ultimately is really follow their listeners and then to find a way to monetize. My crystal ball is, I say, start paying closer and closer attention, not just to the content, but ultimately how the content is presented because that's where the action is because no one's looking for that right now. They're just trying to get the biggest, the best, the boldest, get the most views, get deeper than that. And that's actually kind of where the fun is. Get to really know who that audience is, who they are almost on a face-to-face -face basis and connect with them. That's where the fun is and personalize it. That's why, Paul, going back so many years when you and I met, why I always loved 
in traditional radio, the remote broadcast, because I could see in a radio audience when most broadcasters were just- You're in a padded room. You're right. Yeah. You're out there among the people, the actual listeners. I could see. And I could also develop what it's going to take to see those people. So get deeper. That's where I'm I'm seeing the future is a much deeper approach to an audience. Activate the audience. Man, I remember, I'll never forget back when malls were a thing and people would go to to shopping malls. You taught me this, but we would do concerts within malls and bring you an upcoming artist. And sometimes not all the tenants liked that because it was loud. And they're like, what, you know, these people are just coming to, to see a concert. They're not shopping here. And so you taught me this little trick, creative genius, just to give you an insight into the G-Man. We tie a balloon to every kid that comes in to their wrist. And so as they're walking through the mall, through every store that I point out, you see those balloons, those people are here because of me. You understood that concept before there on, was no, social media. You're right. It, it very much was. And again, going back to that IC formula, now I have content and I actually keep created a name for that called the dance of the balloons in the sense that now I could take digital pictures or actual film pictures and present them to the customer. And then what's the next version of a mall or a location? What do, what do they have? They have the ability to get people together. So it's going to be you know, post-COVID, even though traditional malls might be moving in a different direction, you're going to find an experience factory, if you will. And that's what I firmly believe. And I'm starting to see it in a large market like Chicago, repurpose areas. And that's something too, that for those that are creative, and especially men and women who have grown up, who are now in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, you grew up in a magical time that you saw traditional content. So you've seen the past, You have an idea because you're creative as to what the future should be for you. Now it's kind of your time to sort of be creative and marry it all together to come up with something light, tight, and bright and new. So I affirm you to do that because you're right. It was social media that I could then present because once somebody at a large retailer said to me, you know, what's so great about bringing, you know, a thousand people to a particular location? I said, well, they're all potential consumers and it's an opportunity for you to engage with them in one way, shape or form, whether it's sampling or trying to get them to move the needle on the retail, whatever it is, I would show my hand and I would say, you know, what do you see in there? And they would say, I don't see, you know, I don't see anything. I said, I see the listener or I see the person Mm -hmm. taking in the content. I can bring them and put them in front of your location or I can scoop them up and put them in somebody else's location. And it's the same thing with an audience. So make sure your content is icy. Make sure it's light, tight, bright. Make sure you have friends, the opportunity to get in the big stars. Go after those people. You'd be surprised during a COVID environment, who will return a telephone call? Because people are craving contact because we're human beings. So don't sell yourself short by going after that and then make it multi-platform. And what was 30 years ago, sort of the beginnings of social media with the dance of the balloons is now very compelling content. I wish I had video of that because that'd be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun. Well, thank you so much. I think people are craving connection and it's always a connective and insightful conversation speaking with you. Thanks, G-Man. Greg Dellinger, I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Take care, Paul. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's show, I would love to hear from you. 
Reach out on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Paul J. Goldsmith, or you can send me a text to 559-574-3210. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.